Well, good afternoon and welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this week. It's great to have you back with us. Uh, it's been a lot of fun here the last few uh, weeks. Um, I just want to say uh, thank you for everyone who's been tuning in to uh, the the last uh, few weeks of 1 Corinthians and kind of like one of the a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, which is basically Paul. He's reaching out to this church, which very much parallels a lot of the things that we experience today in, in our church, in our country, a multi-ethnic, multi-diverse uh, culture that has a lot of influence because of how wealthy it was. The city itself was rather prominent in the Roman Empire, very important as a port city, and had multi-religions. You know, it was founded and it was a Greek city that was conquered by Romans. And so then you have this church that that pops up. You have a lot of different factors that influence it. And What's amazing is when you look at those parallels, look at what those people were dealing with. You know, you have Paul in his first three chapters, he's basically telling these people, hey, can you stop relying on people like men and women uh, that, and like he, he mentions himself, mentions Cephas and Apollos. And he mentions the fact that, yes, I, I planted the church and, and I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. And then God is the one who grows it. You can't rely on people. And it reminds us a lot today of how a lot of times we follow preachers. And when preachers prominent begin to fall or they're caught in sin, we, we tend to be downtrodden and cast out a little bit because maybe sometimes our faith was reliant upon another individual. That happens from time to time. But then he's also saying, but you, but remember, we speak a different language. We, we speak a, a, from, from the Spirit, which... Is if you don't have the spirit, you can't know God, and it's the wisdom that comes from God that endures. And it is, seems like foolishness to the world, but it's going to be something depending on how you're building your life, building your church, building yourself up. When the fire comes, that time of judgment, what's going to endure if you build your foundation with sticks, with branches, or with gold? What's going to survive the fire and that furnace? And so that is that is these are some of the themes that we've been talking about and been great. I'd highly encourage you to read the first three chapters of 1 Corinthians, soak them in. I think they're great. But what I wanted to get at tonight is I wanted to just kind of tell you guys, I've been on a little bit of a research uh, mission here as of late. I've asked about 10 people here in my life whom I know and I respect. uh, Just a very simple question. And the question is this, and it's more nuanced. I'll, I'll add more context. But it is simply, what is it that the American church does really well in a positive spiritual way? Like, you would put them in the top 10 categories of this. We hear this in education. You know, America's the top 10 in science, top to whatever. But what would you? What would the church be? Like, man, the American church is like right up there with like Ugandan church or the church uh, in China. You know, when, where the church is, you know, the, these people are going to church at the risk of their own lives. You know, like, so spiritually these people are on fire. They're willing to, to give themselves over. Uh, to, to imprisonment and death, even in some cases, still, you know, martyrs are still being made today. So I was wondering, like, what what would you say? You know, what the American church they shine brighter than any any other church. And if people come up with an answer, the answer it was always the same. They produce good music. And one of my friends responded by saying, "But that's not always a good thing because some of the music is not theologically correct." To which I agreed, and we laughed about it. And I mean, I'm talking to pastors, fellow pastors. I'm talking to people who've walked with the Lord for a very long time, very wise people who fear the Lord. 
and they don't have an answer. Well, I was having dinner with another friend the other night. Uh, this wonderful, wonderful person who's serving in youth ministry. They will remain unnamed. And I asked him that question. And, and we were having dinner, and, and so the conversation continued. And I just had to ask him, I said, are we doing everything wrong? I'm tying it back to 1 Corinthians where Paul is talking about, would you stop saying you're worshiping me, you know, to, to, to speak, you know, to translate it to modern day. Like, it's not about me. If we're going to boast, boast in the Lord. Don't boast in me. I am nothing. Apart from, from Christ, I am nothing. So if you don't boast in me and you understand that it's the Lord that's working, then all credit goes to him and him alone. There's no mystery then at that point. Well, all of that being true, all of that said, what can be scary, truly scary, is that that same words back then can be very evident to our lives here today. And when I look at these massive figures that have fallen over the years, these like Mark Driscoll figures, Ravi Zacharias, uh, Carl Lentz, uh, like I'm, and any false teacher in between, all the all the televangelist people, I'll throw Mike Todd in there, all these people who are false pro, false teachers and everything. They're worshipped. They are worshipped by the people. Uh, they have a a following, and a lot of people's faith is tied to them. You know, I was dismayed. I'm speaking for myself. I was dismayed, of course, when when Ravi Zacharias that scandal came out because it was just shocking. Not that it shouldn't be shocking. Not that it shouldn't. You know, we, we ought not to feel sadness, sorrow, grief, anger. But if that were to move you to a point where you lose your faith, then at that point, I think what Paul's words in 1 Corinthians is very true. It's like, what, what is your faith built on? Well, it's obviously not gold. It's not something that's going to last through the fire. It's just nothing but sticks. It's just going to burn up because if it's built on people, may I suggest to you, then absolutely you're going to be disappointed, of course, 100% of the time. That's why we don't put our faith in people, but in God and Jesus and his resurrection. That's the, that is what's truth. Well, what, what I look at with the rest of the, the church, the way that we raise people, I mean, we now have a full generation of Americans that, which is my age, that have been raised in the system of the church that is a culmination of freedom and prosperity. And what we did is that we, you know, we take people to church and it's, oh, for a lot of people, it was a source of entertainment and then youth group is about entertaining kids, and it's about a lot about feelings, a lot of emotions. And then you go and you go to go to school potentially or not. And when life doesn't happen the way it ought to, you don't feel good. Therefore, it might be tied to your faith. So it's an emotional driven faith experience. And are we actually making full disciples? Like from youth group to, to children's church to adult services. And I asked this gentleman, I said, are we doing it all wrong? Like, are we actually not even coming close to disciple making? And that that's that was my that's my question for the American church. Of course, there are going to be churches, you know, in, in certain communities that are going to thrive, of course, because that's always going to happen. I'm not interested in that because that's what's supposed to happen. I'm interested in the in the lack of grit. I'm interested in the lack of faith built upon a foundation. We're not building our faith on a rock. It, it's nothing but sand. It's sifting sands. We feel one way one day, we feel closer to God the other day. It's because of how we feel. And what I can say is the only way we have to got to get back to that is we have got to train our leaders better. Leaders that that understand scripture, that that seek to preach scripture, and then 
don't necessarily want the spotlight. Like, you know, from a from a pastoral standpoint, like, are you out of your mind? Who who wants to have that type of accountability, that type of responsibility? Every time I, I get up, I, I I feel like there's a there's a pastor who put it uh, really well, Alistair Begg. He's from Cleveland. He said, I, every time I get up and preach my sermon and I'm done, he goes, I never want to get up there and do that again. I mean, it's a burden. And when you look at Ezekiel 34, Jeremiah 23, John chapter 10, you look at what God said he's going to do to the, to the shepherds that abuse the flock, and then what the pinnacle of example of what the good shepherd is being Jesus. See, when he says, I am the good shepherd, and you go after, you leave the 99 to go after the one, is, would that describe your pastor, your leader, your, your whatever your a person in your life is their influence. Are they someone who fear the Lord? They will wait on the Lord and they will lay their lives down for you spiritually, physically, whatever. If we don't have those leaders, then how in the world are they going to train anyone else? How are they going to train somebody to, to grow up in the faith? How, how is that even possible? It's not. That's the thing. It is not possible. So these are some things, and I want to leave these things with you, not, not as a point of discouragement, but want us to be praying. If you're in a church, I want to ask you, why are you going to the church? Are you learning things from the church? Or is it just an emotional high? You come out of church, some days feeling great, some days feeling bad. Well, you're going there to worship God. Your feelings should be irrelevant. Like you go to church to worship God. That's it. You don't go for coffee. You don't go for Wi-Fi. You don't go to hang out. You don't go uh, to listen to your favorite songs. Those might be byproducts, and those aren't sinful. Those aren't bad, but that's not why you go to church. And ask yourself, is your pastor, or if you're a pastor, are, you, are they or are you willing to lay your life down for the flock, not asking for the limelight, and not taking any credit, yourself, credit for it yourself? These are the leaders that you need. These are the leaders that we need in the church today, not the people who are self-seeking, not the people who tell you how great they are. And once you start to know your Bible more, those false prophets, those false teachers will become so evident. Because not necessarily by what they say, it's what they don't say. And if you know your Bible, you're going to say, wait wait a minute, that's taken way out of context. Why aren't they finishing that? Like, well, that's not correct. That's not right teaching. And you don't have to have a degree in theology to recognize it. Just know your Bible. It's not rocket science. It, it confounds adults, but yet Jesus appeared and, and tickled uh, the ears and spoke to the hearts of children. God's wisdom confounds the people of the world and vice versa. What's the wisdom of the world? What's it got? Who are, just as the psalmist writes, who are, or, or Isaiah, excuse me, writes, who, who are we to tell God what his plans are? Oh, just be praying. I, and so what the solution is, is be praying. Be praying for the church in a different way. Be praying for yourself in a different way about what's your motivation for church? Where are you going to church? If you're a pastor out there, why are you a pastor? Is it simply because God, like, I, I didn't want this, but God told me to, and I said, okay. Or I'm going here because this is where I belong. I want you to be asking yourself these hard questions. Be looking out for this. Get back in your Bible. Read it every day. Continue to connect with us on SoundCloud, where we're hosted. Find us on our YouTube channel. Look for updates on our Facebook page. Send us questions, feedback, wsnspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. May God bless you. May God keep you.